Welcome to life, bringing you insight and experiences into love, relationships, and fertility with a focus on enjoying life and moving forward. Today, we're going to be speaking about Advocacy Day. It's that time of year again, and we have Ryan Ferrante here, who is the co-chair of this year's Resolve Advocacy Day, also a lawyer specializing in fertility from Illinois. Hi, welcome to life, love, insight, fertility experiences. I'm here today with Ryan Ferrante, and I am thrilled to have him here. It is Advocacy Day coming up again, and Ryan is this year's co-chair of Advocacy Day, which those of you who have followed me know this is huge. And he is an attorney specializing in third-party reproduction and based in Illinois. So thank you so much for being here today, Ryan. And thank you for having me. Oh, I'm just, I'm always thrilled. You know, I have my orange on, I'm ready for advocacy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like one of the most rewarding, empowering things anybody can do who is going through fertility journeys or who works for the fertility community. It really is. You know, you, you mentioned one side of it, people who are going through it right now and channeling that energy into advocacy. I come at it from uh, the other side, which is I have resolved, uh, my wife and I have resolved our family building journey. And the way I view it is those that have resolved their family building journey can now raise their hands and amplify the voices of those that are going through it because they should be focused on those efforts right now. That's really beautiful. Some people go through it and they move on. They reflect back or sometimes they lament back, but using that energy to pave the way to help change the regulations and kind of destigmatize all that goes on around fertility is huge. And having people recognize it as a disease and not as a choice are, are such big components. You know, I had my support group, one of my support groups yesterday and we were talking about it and the women were talking about insurance coverage and they were talking about time off from work. And they were talking about, you know, it being a woman's issue and kept thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I wish I could have them go to resolve advocacy day, you know? So of course I did mention it. I couldn't push it because it was a support group, but I did mention it to them. They're not there yet, but to be able to go through the process and then get there and then become a co-chair. I mean, you don't just become a co-chair for those of you who don't know. Maybe if you want, we could just give a little bit of history and information about Resolve and Advocacy Day and, you know, National Infertility Awareness Week. I hope this is up by then. I'm not sure that it will be, but I hope so, is coming up. Yeah, um, you're right. There are many, many steps to get to this point where, like, as I mentioned, you're resolved, whatever that resolution looks like, having grown your family in the way that you imagined and a way that you didn't imagine or not having children at all. There are many different resolutions that individuals and couples come to. So many decisions, right? So many decisions. And yeah. that's, that's, that's what brought Lindsay and I to resolve back in 2013 or 2014. We were trying to build our family the old fashioned way. Didn't work. We went to an IVF clinic here in Chicago. That didn't work. We went to an IVF clinic in Colorado where we found some success, but we also, it was confirmed for us there that we were going to have to use a gestational carrier in order to have the family that we imagined, right? We contemplated gamete donation. We contemplated adoption. Surrogacy was an option that we eventually pursued. We had two children carried by the same surrogate, a wonderful woman in Tallahassee, Florida. And so we found that family um, that we were looking for, but layered over all of that was 
us leaning on resolve among many other places, but particularly resolve during that journey, because we didn't know where to turn. Who do we talk to? What does insurance cover? How do we afford this? Who's the best person to talk to? What is the agency we should be talking to when it comes to surrogacy? And so there were a number of questions that were new to us at the time that we turned to resolve and they helped us and they gave us the support that we needed. And even before we had resolved our own family building journey, we were looking for ways to give back to resolve, whether it be through donations or showing up for, you know, walks of hope um, in the Chicagoland area, which we did many, many times. And then I volunteered five years ago for the volunteer committee, which plans advocacy day, which sort of sets the foundation for all these hundreds of advocates that were descending upon Washington, usually in the spring, but the pandemic kind of pushed it into June. Now we're back into May. And so I was on the planning committee, just giving whatever time I could and part of a subcommittee one year. And then I was the state captain lead the next year. And then now along with our friend, uh, Lisa Rosenthal, I am the co-chair Um, for the planning committee this year. And I couldn't be more proud of where we are right now in the lead up to Advocacy Day as far as what we expect as the turnout. You know, last year, there were so many people who who were able to participate. It was mind-blowing, right? There were how many, like 400, 500 people who participated last year? Yeah. And so much activity around it. And, you know, to me, that means that It's coming out of the shadows. The pandemic has had a lot of unintended consequences. And and certainly one of them for Resolve's Advocacy Day was increased participation because people were able to have conversations with their United States congressmen and the United United States representatives and senators from their homes, right? They were sitting there in their homes in front of their computers talking to Senator Durbin or his staff about what was important to them, which is our communities need more access to insurance coverage for infertility benefits. So this is affecting one in eight couples in every single state, in every community in the United States. You know, I have so, to interrupt you for a second. I just read a statistic, Cleveland Clinic, I believe, one in six. That's, one in six. Their, their estimate is one in six Cleveland Clinic. I, I don't go by it, but I just thought, wow, that's huh. huge. Off clap for Cleveland Clinic. That's my that's my home. I'm originally from Cleveland. So oh, there you go. (laughs) Always double check when I see statistic though, because I'm always like nervous when I talk numbers. But um, I believe that it was them who said that. Yeah. Well, it sure feels that way. I mean, I'm not just saying that as a a collaborative reproduction attorney. I'm saying that because of uh, what what I see among my friends and my community and the people that I talk to, you're stunned sometimes when you explain to people how you grew your family and they say to you, yeah, that happened to us too. It happens more often than anything. I have the chills when you're seeing that. It's, It's true. And the interesting part to me is that everybody says... And I hear this. I I heard it three times yesterday while I was talking to people. Well, I thought we were going to have our child the normal way. And you know what? There is no normal way today to have a baby. It just, it depends on your life stage and what you're going through and whether or not you have this condition, this medical condition that causes infertility. And you were talking about resolve a lot. And I think the beauty of Resolve is that aside from being the largest repository of information in the world, I think, for fertility, it brings such comfort 
because what it does is it lets people see this voluminous resource where they could actually go state you know, level down to where they live to find assistance, to find support. And it connects them with research and studies and regulations and coverage. And so that is, to me is such the benefit of yeah. this organization. Let's bring this full circle actually, because you bring up a very good point here. All of that work that's being done by Resolve mm-hmm. is done by, last year they had eight full-time staff. They had peaked last year with eight full-time. I think they're up to 11 now. But imagine doing all that work with 11 full-time staff, okay? So that just emphasizes how important it is for people to raise their hands and volunteer for this organization because they're so critical to families like mine and and many, many others who need that resource. And they depend on the participation of volunteers, right? And so, so the volunteer committee that puts together Advocacy Day all volunteers. Um, there's a project manager within the organization, but other than that, it's all volunteer work. And it's great. I mean, I think that there's a huge feeling of fulfillment when you're able to assist and able to help, but you have to get there. You have to be there. So I think for somebody in my situation where I'm a professional who works with people going through infertility, whether it's starting off on their journey or going through um, third-party reproduction or adoption, my motivation and my desire to help comes from what I see and what I observe and how I see the need and, you know, this void being filled and how happy I am to be able to speak to legislatures and legislative staff and senators and whoever is there who's willing to listen about the need and about the experiences. But once you get the person in the room, somebody like you who is you know, gone through this and able to talk about your journey and able to explain, you know, the legal ramifications. Like surrogacy is still not passed everywhere, but almost. And, and that's huge. That's huge, right? We still want to get it passed in all of the states and understanding yeah. and being able to explain why it's a wonderful way to build a family. Without surrogacy, I don't have my family the way that, that Lindsay and I had imagined, right? And so, um, and to your point about surrogacy laws, um, they're inconsistent across states, right? There's, there's some states that rely on laws. There's some states that rely on judges' decisions. So case law in some states. And then in some states, it's still a crime to compensate someone to carry your child. Yeah, and, uh, we need this education. We need to be able to speak up. And um, even if it's just within your circle, that's what you're comfortable with. But just to speak up and explain that surrogacy is not like a money-making thing. Surrogacy is something that somebody does because they really want to help and they get compensated for it as they should. But they're allowing someone to have a family and they're carrying a child for nine months. So now this impacts their family as well. And um, they're not doing this to have a child. They're doing this to allow somebody to have a child. That's a huge distinction. A beautiful, it's a beautiful process. It really is when you think about it like that. So let's go back to Advocacy Day. So you sign up for Advocacy Day, right? Which is still time, everybody. You can still sign up. Go on to the Resolve website. And yes, May 2nd is the deadline to sign up for Advocacy Day. In fact, we made it so easy. Just go to resolve.org and there's going to be a window that just pops up and I'll tell you, register right here. Okay. Made it it very simple. And do that confirmation email because I myself did not do it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so do that confirmation email, everybody. Yeah. Um, it is this double-step process. I really don't know why, but it is. So can you tell me just a little bit about Advocacy Day? I don't know if there's any like things that they should know, the who, what, when, where, and how kind of information, those nuts and bolts. Yeah, sure. So all the work is done for you. Resolve does a lot of the heavy lifting here. That that full-time staff and that volunteer committee, what they're going to do once you've registered for Advocacy Day, once you've decided, yes, I want to go and support this community. I want to raise my hand. I want to tell my story, or I just want to, I want to be there to support those that are telling their story. Okay? Yes. Yes. It's yeah. so important that you mention that. Yes. Yes. It's important that it's not just about people who are there to speak to the United States Congress. It's about showing Congress that this isn't about one or two or three or four individuals or couples. It's about an entire community of people. And it's not just the people who are directly affected by infertility. It's their families and their friends and their support networks. Those people should be showing up too. Um, We encourage them to do so. We want to show, you know, Senators Durbin and Duckworth and the Illinois Senate delegation that this is a, a very important issue to your constituents. Let's amplify these voices. Let's raise the volume on um, these stories about people who are experiencing infertility, and then they hit a dead end because they don't have insurance coverage to keep going, right? They don't have the coverage necessary to make this work. And so if you register for Advocacy Day, you will be placed into your state delegation. If you're from Illinois, you'll be part of the Illinois delegation. You'll have a state captain or two state captains that will sort of quarterback or, you know, kind of drive the delegation through the process between now and Advocacy Day. You'll have practice sessions where you'll talk about who is going to share their story, who is going to be the one who tells Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez about their infertility experience, right? Who is going to say, this is what happened to me and it shouldn't happen to anyone else, okay? And so those meetings are all set up by Resolve. You don't do anything. You show up, they give you a map, a schedule of what's gonna happen on Advocacy Day. You show up for this meeting. This person is gonna speak about their story, then second person, third person, and then we make an ask, which is, can we count on you? Can we count on you, Congress, to support these issues, to support the bills like the Access to Infertility Treatment and Care Act? Can we count on you to talk to the employers in your area about increasing access to to fertility treatment options um, as part of employer-provided insurance? And and there's several issues, just to let everybody know, if you don't mind me adding. There's, um, I don't know, are there nine issues this year that are being addressed yeah, we're we're narrowing we're narrowing that, but in the past, yeah, we've we, we've really thought about nine issues that we want to attack, or, uh-huh. or we want to we, we we certainly want to to raise awareness of. Right, um, and so there's going to be less this year. We anticipate that. Yeah. Okay, so the, let's say there's going to be five. I don't know, just for argument's sake, four or five. What happens is all the speaking points are given to you. Yes. So when you go into these meetings, if you want to talk and you raise your hand and you say, I really want to say something about that, you have about a minute or two. You're going to be speaking along with a few other people if you're somebody who chooses to speak up. But the talking points are there. They're given to you. And I know veterans is another one. There's several 
so I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I just wanted to, to add that part that those pieces are handed to you. And you know what happens, at least to me, when I have to speak, um, which I do like doing, honestly, because I feel like I could give a different perspective of not just the person, but somebody who's working with the people going through this. And so what happens is, you know, I think everybody gets a little anxiety first because you're so nervous. Oh my God, I'm talking to a legislator. What if I say something wrong? But the truth is they're probably going through it or they know somebody who's gone through this. It could be something that's close to their heart, whether or not they let you know that or whether or not they vote in favor of it, depending on- You just brought up one of the most powerful moments in in advocacy to the United States Congress, which has happened to me several times. On, On a few different occasions, I have been in a meeting sharing my experience going through IVF, going through surrogacy, and I have had a congressman interrupt me and say, Ryan, before you go any further, I just want you to know, I know exactly what you're talking about. My wife and I have one child and that child was born as the result of in vitro fertilization. And it, let's just say it came from a very unlikely source. Okay. And so that's the power of sharing the story is making that connection with the least likely of audience that, as you can imagine, um, when you go into these meetings. Yeah. So that's really powerful and it's touching and it just, you know, solidifies that nobody's really alone, even though it feels so lonely to go through it. So there's such power in that and in the community and it's very rejuvenating to do it. It makes you feel really kind of alive. In many it's ways. exhilarating. It really is. It, yeah. when, when advocacy day ends, I, I don't know that I've ever met an advocate at the end of advocacy day who said, who hasn't thought, can we do that again tomorrow? Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really a great experience. And I think that people, um, I haven't really met anybody who hasn't thought it's a great experience, whether they've just sat quietly, but, but shown up and there's a lot of power in showing up or um, been able to address certain issues and certain thoughts. So you show up, you're kind of given the speech, you're given different issues. And if there's a specific issue that's on the table that you want to address, you could certainly tell your state captain about that. Most of the state captains are very invested and very nice. And, you know, they're looking for your help. They're looking for you to participate. And so that's a big part of the why. So. Yeah. Do we know, or is there any history we could give about how any of this got started? Well, I've always looked at Advocacy Day as the sort of action day that starts with National Infertility Awareness Week, which is coming up here April 24th to the 30th, okay? National Infertility Awareness Week, we've all, I've always viewed as sort of a springboard to Advocacy Day because we're raising awareness about infertility during National Infertility Awareness Week, where you're orange, there's a five-day challenge in which each of the five days, they're asking advocates to do something, whether it's just make a simple social media post or wear your orange and post it. And I've always thought of that as a launching pad to Advocacy Day, because that was when we physically descended upon Washington and said, hey, Congress, it's time to act. Okay. It's time to do something. Okay. Because the status quo is unacceptable. Access to insurance coverage today is inadequate. And so during National Infertility Awareness Week, which started, I believe in 1989, 
On each of those days, as I mentioned, on day one, I know that they are encouraging people to post stories about their infertility struggles if they want to. They're not, you know, obviously this is a very personal decision to share this information, but raising awareness starts with the sharing of personal experience. And so whether that struggle was the treatment or the decisions that they faced or the outcome or the barriers themselves to treatment. That's day one. Tell your story. Why is this important? On day two, we're going to use that hashtag we can all, which is what we've, which you're going to see blasted all over advocacy day. We can all, right? We can all together, we can all make a difference together. We can all demand change. We want to hear ideas from the community about ways to advance the movement. Okay. Too often we hear from those who may not understand infertility that we should just try to relax or, you know, you should just adopt, right? Which is not helpful. Instead, let's let the infertility community and the allies give the advice using the hashtag we can all, okay? On day three, that's the wear orange day. We want everyone to to wear their orange to raise uh, awareness for NIA. Why orange? I always ask that. Why orange? Do you, you know, it, it's a good question. I'm originally, like I mentioned, I'm originally from Cleveland. So I'm thrilled that as a Cleveland Browns fan, orange <laughs> is the color. I love it. It's funny. I've asked that too. It, orange has had this history of uh, a sense of wellness and compassion and passion and and warmth. I'm not the rejuvenation. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, it, it it kind of reinforces that idea of community. At least for me, at this point, anytime I see orange, it's less about the Browns and more about resolve. Um, and I think about the community of people that I've met as a result of our experience. And they're all really, really incredible people. It reinforces that idea that we're not alone in this. Day four, infertility is, hashtag infertility is. This one's going to differ for every individual and every couple. On day four, they want people to share a picture of what infertility means to them. For me, I can tell you what it's going to be. I, When I think of infertility, I think of a picture that I took standing behind the shoulders of our surrogate as she delivered and watching my wife help deliver our son. When I think of what that picture looks like, that's what I think of infertility. My wife watching her son be born. And on day five, I am behind the swirl. Hashtag I am behind the swirl. The personal springboard to federal advocacy day. This is where you tell your friends and colleagues and anyone who listen this is how I support my community. I am behind the swirl because on May 18th, I am going to Congress and I'm going to tell them that they need to do their job. They must support legislation that affects one in eight of their constituents. And so that is the purpose of uh, National Infertility Awareness Week is to kind of raise awareness and we're building it and building it and building it until we get to day five. And then let's go to Washington. I love it. That's great. I'm looking forward to it. Doing um, two events actually that week. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for doing that. It's amazing. It's my pleasure. Actually, one will be my own on my Instagram page about where I am at with the adding donor conception and adoption to the medical intake process. And the other actually is in um, support of third party reproduction day, I believe it's called, where they they asked me to be on a panel 
about third-party reproduction. So it's very exciting. And um, I would encourage everybody to please think about participating. If you're touched by or you know somebody who's touched by infertility, it is generational. It impacts the family, not just the couple, not just the mom or the dad. So um, anyway, you feel comfortable lending your support, whether it's a letter, whether it's a donation or participation, it's all appreciated. Yeah, there's a letter writing campaign. I'm glad you brought that up. You can also send a letter if your physical presence or virtual presence is not something that you can accommodate on May 18th. There's also a letter writing campaign that you're going to hear from somebody about, I'm sure. So is there anything else? If anybody wants to get in hold of you, is there a way they could get in touch with you? I'm a solo practitioner, so I'm quite busy on Twitter at IVF Law. I'm on Facebook. If anyone wants to connect, I'm always available my wife, I have a very supportive wife. She knows why my phone rings if people are calling. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram at Ryan C. Ferrante. I'm on all the socials. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. And thank you for everything that you do. It's really, really a blessing. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me or they have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me at laurimetz.net. Thank Thanks, you. Laurie.